Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com. To start or complete your entire purchase online or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime. So you're here because you want to know modern, vintage, everything in the world of card collecting today. Chuck, he's the collector, and Joe, he's the dealer, welcome you to the best card talk that covers it all. From the hottest new cases to 67 high numbers, all brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier about life with Oxygen Financial. Visit OxygenFinancial.net and by sports card investor the leading source for videos podcasts and articles about investing in sports cards profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com collector dealer take it away it is the collector and the dealer and it is episode 28 we're heading to a show i'm chuck oliver i'm the collector he's joe davis he's the dealer what's up joe Doing great, Chuck. Great to be here. Looking forward. I know we got some great topics on the table today. Absolutely. We're brought to you every single week by Oxygen Financial. Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier with Oxygen Financial. My wife and I certainly do. Uh, They have been our financial advisors across everything. Taxes, insurance, uh, investments as well. We had Tyler Huck on from Oxygen a couple episodes back. Just tremendous advice applicable to the collector and the dealer as well. Uh, So breathe easier with Oxygen Financial. We'll also brought to you each week by Sports Card Investor. That's uh, Jeff Wilson and his whole crew and the YouTube channel. Uh, Joe, tell everybody about our buddy Jeff. Yeah, Jeff does a great job with the Sports Card Investor channel, both his YouTube channel and his website, providing great uh, analytical data for those who are approaching the market from the investment standpoint and just for collectors who want information. And so I've used his tools. I've watched his videos and uh, continue to tune in regularly uh, for updates on uh, information that he's obtaining and sharing with, with collectors who are watching. All right. Well, let's jump into a a sort of an expansion of a topic that I mean, we hit on for about 10 seconds, uh, a couple episodes back. And that is me going back and filling in all the gaps in my collection And I was concentrating on like uh, early 90s Fleer and upper deck basketball cards. And they're attainable. It's $3 for a a Larry Bird, for instance, and and that's fine. But it's not just a – it's not a premium card. That was just an improvement over like hoops or skybox. Um, Joe, you made a comment about Metal Universe, and and you've told me now some of the lead-up to what happened in the mid or really late 90s when that whole chrome foil, everything exploded. 
Um, just just give us a quick uh, bird's eye. You know, I guess maybe starting with SP, and then it was Leaf Limited for a second, uh, and then the Metal Universe. Just when this started, and some of those uber popular sets from like you know early to mid '90s to like the early OOS. Yeah, well, I'm going to take you back even further because the whole premium card thing, of course, started with '89 Upper Deck Baseball, and then it was kind of it was a whole series of companies one upping each other because then you had the next year with '90 Leaf. Then you had 91 Stadium Club, where Tops had their best design. Then uh, you had 92 Ultra. Then 93 SP, where Upper Deck introduced the foil prospect cards. Uh, then 94, you had Leaf coming out with their Leaf Limited, which was a all-silver foil card. And then uh, you had 95, you started seeing the Metal Universe coming out uh, from Fleer at the time. And that was super popular then. And it's, it's kind of resurrected over the last, it's been, what, 25 years now? Yeah. And, and now it is um, very, very popular once again. But now it's popular because people are grading a lot of the keys, like the Michael Jordans and the, uh, you know, the Jeters, and, and people are trying to get high grades because they know how tough they are because of the foil finish. And so the corners chip, the surfaces scratch, uh, it's just... Uh, you know, and it's become very, I mean, the Jordans have brought some staggering, uh, I haven't had any really high grade ones, but um, those specifically, uh, the Jordan and the Kobe rookies in the metal universe are very popular. And those were, and this is something we've mentioned a couple of times on previous episodes as well. Um, you specifically have talked about Kobe, obviously with the tragedy at the end of January, um, but then uh, with the last dance with MJ, there have been other guys, and you know Damian Lillard and such. But if you're going back to, I mean, a guy who is already a Hall of Famer, um, and and you know Kobe, maybe the most dominant modern player outside of LeBron. Um, talk about if you know, if you can remember um, the market. If you go back just 11 months ago for those cards in that general era for Kobe and Michael versus what maybe they are now oh yeah it's been a staggering increase uh i should say an exponential increase uh on a lot of those um kobe stuff in general uh sadly after he passed saw a huge increase and and to this day there's there's certain cards of his that are continuing to go up like his uh as i've mentioned i, I buy up a lot of his chrome cards from later seasons just because i think they're beautiful they they uh you know in, in high grade they sell for really good money and there's a lot of demand there but the uh i, I don't know an exact figure but uh, probably at least two three four fold what some of those prices were and especially on the graded spectrum because uh psa 10s uh, like i said have really caught on people chasing those on the metal universe um, because they're so tough well when you talked about the metal universe for me originally about a month or so ago um you said that really kind of turned things and that really got the collector's interest and and that really like took what you had said had been the budding sort of arms race to oh wow that just redefined everything okay well what came like the second year of metal universe what debuted or the third or fourth or fifth year what became the challengers and and, and what kind of took that metal universe thing and said oh i think we can do this even better or more uh going up through about you know 15 years ago or so um no they continue to change it, it was it's almost like a cross between comics and cards because what yeah Fleer did in the mid 90s is they were like 
what artists can we employ to make these even better? And like, like I've got one of my favorite cards of Kobe is, I believe it's a 96 or 97 metal card where, where he's like floating through space and there's like planets behind him. And so, and I'm just imagining like seeing this in a full size painting, you know, what that would look like on your wall, you know? And so it, it's lit, literally, instead of just your standard card, um, they continued to, it was just, it was a literal artwork put on cardboard. And so people really appreciated that and they appreciated it then, but now looking back, it's like, wow, this card came out 25 years ago and, you know, it's still, it, it's, it stood the test of time. And so, um, you know, companies nowadays still try to come out with new things. Now people do acetate, people do die cuts, people do multi-layered cards where they, like they stick an acetate autograph down in the middle of the card. The, the, the uh, new iterations that we see almost year after year, you're like, wow, you know, what, what are they going to think of next? Yeah, and, and, so that's what, and you know, one of the cool ones I've seen, I think it's Donruss maybe, um, clear cards. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly Donruss basketball just came out where the whole set is an acetate on acetate stock. And, and isn't it neat that like to counter chrome, foil, whatever, you can say, yeah, we're actually going with nothing at see-through. Uh, yeah. um, so and before we uh, uh, wrap up this first part of this episode, Joe, um, in that same era, I believe, um, what is the rookie or early year, second, third, fourth, fifth year? What is the landscape for LeBron, Brady, and Jeter currently? Like, like what are some of your recommendations? What is attainable to, you know, the regular Joe? All right. Well, full disclosure, I am one of the largest buyers of second year LeBrons on the market. I bought up a lot of them to get graded because earlier this year, I mean, mid season, I was just like, you know, LeBron's second year cards are really cheap. And because I saw what was I, what I was seeing was the run up of a lot of during last dance, I saw the run up of a lot of Jordan cards, not just rookies, but later year cards. And I'm like, you know, LeBron's second, third year cards are really undervalued. And so I bought up a lot of them and I still have a lot of them being graded right now. Uh, so second year Brady's um, are very in demand as well, especially like his O2 tops, which is technically like a third year card since he had rookies in 2000, but it's his first tops card. Mm -hmm. so it's his sort of tops rookie card. Um, so a, a lot of the early Brady cards, especially the Chrome type cards, are very desirable. Uh, a lot of people buy those up to get graded. Um, Jeter, it's interesting because, of course, Jeter had rookies in 93, but then like his first, um, you know, some of his 95 cards will say rookie when he was actually, you know, playing. And so, so because back then you could basically make a, a quote rookie card. If they had drafted the guy, you could make a major league card of them. And all that, all that changed over the years. You can't do that now. But um, so Jeter, I don't see as much crazy demand on his second, third year cards because uh, they were just, a lot of those were pretty mass produced because you're talking mid nineties baseball. Yeah. Uh, so um, I do grade some of the, like if I get a like 95 finest, which is the first Jeter finest tops, finest card, I've graded several of those. Um, those are in demand. Um, but you see much more strength right now with Brady and, uh, LeBron out of those three players, as far as early year cards. 
Well, you've given us O2 tops for Tom Brady. Is there another issue maybe you would direct people to? Um, any of the early, like the the uh, the tops Chrome, uh, tops Finest, any of those early okay. releases on him. Yeah, All right. really good. Uh, one or two, uh, maybe second, third, fourth, whatever for LeBron. Or just same um, thing, Chrome, get them all. Yeah, I mean, but I'll tell you, I mean, his his second year, like Bowman Chrome, second year Tops Chrome, PSA tens are already several hundred dollars. Uh, they're they're and, and even raw usually to find a nice one, you're going to pay over a hundred dollars. I've gone after more of like his uh, second year Upper Deck, second year SP, second year um, Sweet Spot, and um, Fleer Tradition stuff that will grade pretty well. Um, I mean. Earlier this year, I was buying those for four or five dollars a card, and now they're raw. They're typically twenty-five, thirty a card, and graded. They're over a hundred dollars. So, uh, but they're still, you know, for uh, the the uh, good for Jane. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> good for had, the wife. So, so there's plenty of things I will attest to that I had did not have good foresight on, but I did on that one. So, because after he got another title, we've definitely seen some movement. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we're going to come back, uh, real applicable information, at least for me, and I bet for some of you listening as well, how do you set up at a show? That's next on The Collector and the Dealer. Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners so start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each these bonds earn a fixed seven percent apy and there's no fees penalties or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. I told you we're here because of support from Oxygen Financial. They're a sponsor of the collector and the dealer, but where my wife and I are, that's also in part thanks to Oxygen Financial. We have been personal clients of Oxygen for several years now, and originally it was for help with our taxes, looking to pay what we're supposed to, but not more. And we had been paying more for years, actually, it turned out. With Oxygen's help, that immediately changed for the better, and my wife and I decided, let's see what Oxygen thinks of our investments and overall strategy. 
Well, three years later, after making that choice, I can tell you we breathe easier when it comes to the market than at any time before getting with Oxygen Financial, and that's including the current issues all of us everywhere are dealing with. If you might have a question about where you and your family are, any at all, take the step we did and visit OxygenFinancial.com. You can get a free copy of Oxygen's 21-Day Budget Cleanse, as well as Oxygen's guide on how to save up to $100,000 in taxes in 2020, just for telling them you heard Chuck talking about it. Breathe easier about life. Visit OxygenFinancial.com. A popular thought in the sports card world is that there's two camps, those that love the hobby and those that profit from the industry. Thanks to Sports Card Investor, you can do both. Jeff Wilson has built his Sports Card Investor YouTube channel and his personal website, sportscardinvestor.com, so that if you're a beginner looking to flip cards for cash or a returning veteran to the hobby wanting to make sure you get the best deals ahead of any emerging price trends, Sports Card Investor is for you. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com. Rolling through the collector and the dealer, I'm Chuck Oliver. I'm the collector. He's Joe Davis. He is the dealer, and he also is not only the, the show attendee, he is the show vendor, and sometimes he's been the show promoter. Uh, Joe, let's talk the entire landscape, like what it is right now for shows, because they've been coming back on a smaller local level, but there's also been one just, I mean, monster show out in Texas, um, and it appears that folks are really wanting to get back, uh, you know, face-to-face in person. Yeah, I didn't get to attend that one, but I had some customers and uh, some dealer friends who set up there, and they said it was packed. I think it was several hundred tables, and they said it was packed. They said it was a great show for buying, a great show for selling. I uh, had one friend that he did over a hundred grand in sales. So I guess he had a pretty good show. And then, uh, but I also was told that whereas the national is a really good balance of modern and vintage, they said this show was like 80, 20 modern to vintage. Don't doubt it at all. Yeah. Don't doubt it at all. And I know that there's a TriStar show every like maybe November or February in Houston that um, is a lot of vintage as well. But with everything that's so hot and fluctuating, and when I say fluctuating, mostly going up, and the modern market, that absolutely um, uh, makes sense. Joe, it, it, now I'm talking, Let's. I want everybody to know, I'm talking pre-COVID or an absence of COVID, like post-vaccine. Um, so mm-hmm. we're going to skip all the disclaimers about uh, you know social distancing and wearing a mask. Uh, how do you personally decide if you will set up at a show? Well, the national's a given. We always do the national. Um, we, of course, have promoted some local shows uh, in Loganville, and we hope to be doing that again uh, in the near future. Um, as far as other shows that we'll set up at, um, one of my uh, one of my coworkers, Steve, um, actually just set up at the Atlanta show uh, at a, a uh, at, I guess the Marietta show this past weekend, as as we record this, and he had a great show as well. Um, in general, if I'm going to go and, and let's say a two or three day event, I usually try to decide, you know, is this a good show where we can, uh, what are, what are the costs? You know, what's, what's the time expense as far as how much time am I going to be away? What do I expect the turnout's going to be? And, and is it going to be a big enough show where I will not only have selling opportunities, but will I have buying opportunities? And so there's a, the show in Nashville. I think you've attended show. Yeah. Um, 
I've done that one several times. Uh, it's a really good regional show. Uh, they usually have a good turnout. It's not too bad of a drive for those of us in the Atlanta area. Do you get offered cards there? I do. Uh, yeah, um, I uh, have bought some collections over the table. And I'll tell you, honestly, this, for speaking as a dealer, setting up at the smaller shows, let's say your, your typical like 40-table show, yeah. regional show, you're going to have a lot more chances to buy than when you set up at the National. At the National, you're competing with, you know, 800 tables or 600 tables, whatever it is, of people buying. So, I mean, every year at the National, I put up, you know, buying collections, cash paid, and, you know, and I'll buy some deals, but it's not nearly what I, I spend more money in other booths than I do buying over oh, the table. If you're strictly vintage, for instance, and you're saying, hey, I want to buy your shoebox of 60s, you know, common stars, whatever. At the National, there literally might be 150 other dealers in the room who are strictly vintage. You go into a 40-table show, that's about 25 dealers maybe, because um, right. some guys get two tables. There might be three or maybe three guys in the room who are 100% vintage, and so you're 100% right about that. Joe, I hear so many dealers tell the same story. Without question, the most important decision if you're setting up what to bring how is that determined? Because there's nothing tougher than going, yeah, I've got boxes of that back at my store. Yeah, and, and it's it's a combination, Chuck, of not only what you bring, but how do you present it and how do you organize it? Because, you know, I, I have a, a hilarious memory from years ago at the National. I had a guy beside me. You know, our stuff was laid out nice and orderly. Um, we had, you know, PSA. We had... We had, you know, dollar boxes separated by sport, year, you know, organized to the T. This guy had just showcases, was just just dumped. No prices, no order. I mean, it literally looked like he decided that morning when he headed to the National, like, I think I'll take these and let me just dump these into my showcase. So, um, but as far as what you take, um, I try to always bring a variety. I take dollar boxes because there's going to be those who just, that's their budget. You know, they've got a hundred dollars to spend on dollar cards. And then I take some high end, you know, PSA to promote our grading services and to, and to promote that we sell a lot of PSA graded cards. Oh, that's nice. I know we sent it in. We got it graded. Oh, really? Yes. I'm an authorized, that sort of thing. And it's for new customers. Yeah. It's a sales pitch. So whether I sell the card or not, it shows people, Hey, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Here's how we can help you do it. So, um, because yeah, I've, I've talked with dealer friends over the years at the national um and we'll use the national as an as an instance i don't carry lots of wax to the national because the biggest wax dealers on the planet are already there you know and i may have two cases of xyz new new product and they may have two pallets and so i'm like why do i you know and if yeah. i only if I have two two cases why do i need to take it to the national to sell it because we're going to sell out anyway in this in this market with modern cards we sell through nearly every product quickly anyway so i don't need to go try to be cutthroat at a show you know so um let's talk about uh vintage card pricing uh it's not really a by the minute sort of thing but like louise robert jason dominguez that is a by the minute by the day um how do you stay on top of such dynamic pricing or is it Dude, I'm in the throes of a show. I know I'm pretty close, so I'm not going to obsess if I charge like $15 for a card that may be online for 20 
Exactly. And, you know, and I do the same thing online. Like, you know, we, we run stuff all the time that, you know, we put a hundred dollars and they offer 92. We're like, you know, we're in the ballpark. Let's move this card. Yeah. So, um, I, I can't, you can't maximize every last penny out of every last card. It'll drive you crazy if you try to, you know, if you're, if you're in it for X and you can get 1.25 X or 1.5 X, then you move on. And so, yeah, you're, you're correct. The modern it's, it's, it's staggering to me when people come in and go, Oh, this guy. And I'm like, who is he again? They're like, Oh yeah, he's a, uh, this new prospect with uh, the Yankees like Dominguez, you know, and um, I've got an autograph and it's several thousand dollars or whatever. I'm like, wait a minute. He, and what has he done in the majors? Like, Oh yeah, he's yeah. not there. Yeah. So it's very tough. I, I basically have to use eBay completed sales in real time whenever I'm looking at, at brand new modern collections like that. Cause yeah, you just can't keep up sometimes. Uh, last thing I want to ask you, and this may be, you know, an extensive answer as well, but, uh, I, I believe I'm going to throw my hand out there again, uh, late nineties, uh, some you'll recognize the Castlegate shows. Um, I used to set up at a, a fairly large regional show. Um, and I had two cases and a bunch of, you know, singles and whatever else. Uh, well, that was 20, couple years ago. Uh, if I'm going to set up at that local show you were talking about, it is 40 tables, it's 20 to 25 dealers, um, and I have nothing except cards and top loaders right now. Um, what would you suggest to somebody listening right now that is in the same spot that, you know what, I've got a heck of a lot of really nice stuff, and maybe I can turn a profit and then turn it into more really nice stuff? Um, as far as what to take or how to organize, oh, just what to buy. Like, do I need to go get cases again? Um, oh, you yeah. know, if I'm planning on doing this somewhat regularly. Well, yeah. First of all, um, you definitely want to be able to. It, it's not just a cash world anymore. You definitely want to have uh, your payment resources set up on your phone. Like, have a PayPal app on your phone so you can process credit cards quickly. Um, you want to have uh, because so many more people are pouring into the hobby and they're not always the best people, you know, you, you want to protect your cards. You don't want to just lay your cards out on the table. You definitely want to get some tabletop showcases. Um, uh, you also want to, uh, protect the cards. Well, I mean, you know, a small investment in some, uh, protection uh, goes a long way, both in presentation and resale. So, you know, you want to have top loads, uh, you know, some even, I mean, I still put, vintage cards that I don't grade, I still put them in screw downs because it, it they look presentable, yeah. it, it's more eye appeal. Um, but at the least a soft sleeve and a top loader. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you, don't, don't go to a show and plop a notebook out on the table and say, well, just look through the notebook and pull out what you're interested in. Not, not, uh, th though some do that. And yeah, like when it, it works maybe for your old commons, but you yeah. don't want to do your keys that way. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, all right. Well, you know what time it is. Joe buys a box. Man says that Joe's buying a box. Joe, what is it? This week, Chuck, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with something I can afford, uh, a, a blaster box of the new 2020 Tops Update Baseball. One of the cool things, it's uh, seven packs per box, 14 cards per pack, but they also have a bonus 2020 Tops Baseball coin which is really cool. Uh, there's 50 different guys that you can get in that. Um, every pack has a turkey red insert, which oh, I know wow. is great. And uh, one out of two packs has a bonus insert card. So Tops Update's always a popular series this year. There's 300 different base cards. 
They've got parallels numbered to 2020, rainbow foils, one in 10 packs, um, stat leaders, home run derby cards, combo cards, all-stars, rookie debuts, you name it. Well, fantastic stuff, Joe. Uh, for my vintage set of the week, this is a set you know well. You've already talked about it, as a matter of fact, in an earlier episode. You said, yeah, I want to open a 1975 Topps baseball. I think you said you wanted a cello box. Um, yeah. My vintage set of the week, it's just a gorgeous set. Now it's a gorgeous set. Uh, when it was released, I think it made most people's eyes bleed. 1975 yeah. Topps Baseball, it's the full 660 set. It's got Hank Aaron still in it. It's got uh, the two key rookies, Yount uh, and George Brett, as well as – but this is the truth about most uh, – from like 1970, 1969, honestly, uh, really going up through probably Ricky Henderson-ish. Um, a lot of the heavy lifting was done by an onslaught of all-time Hall of Famers. Um, it wasn't necessarily the rookie cards in 72, 3, 4, 5, 6, et cetera, but it was Hank Aaron. It was Mike Schmidt. It was Pete Rose. It was, you know, the biggest of the big, and that's the case in 1975 as well. Yeah, I mean, you get the, the, Nolan Ryan had multiple cards uh, because he had the highlight card, and, um, you know, you're right. Of course, Brett and Yount are the keys, but then the – third year Schmidt, which, you know, brings big money and high grade. And, um, you still had, uh, of course you still had Aaron. Um, like you said, you know, Carlton, you've got, uh, the, the rose of, as you said, it's a very popular car, Johnny bench, uh, the whole big red machine. Yeah. You know, McCovey. I mean, Raleigh fingers, all of them. And as you were, you know, talking about, uh, uh, you know, in high grade, high grade, high grade. That's not the easiest thing. It was 75. Yeah. And it, there's two things, Joe, if you could comment about them. Um, it seems to be centering left to right, which with bleed borders really stands out. Uh, and the second thing is those little ink blisters is what it looks like. Uh, because, again, there's so much different colored ink used on these cards. It was a complicated uh, printing process. And, and so for those two reasons I've seen, it's real tough to get high grades. Yeah, those are some of the most frustrating ink dots on the planet because you think you've got this gorgeous Brett and you're like, oh, wait a minute, what's that in the background? And you go, why is the color a little different there? Yep. Uh, all right, folks, uh, don't forget also, um, when we talk about Joe Buys a Box this week, he said a 2020 Tops Update Baseball. We are giving away a blaster uh, each episode to one of our subscribers. So make sure that you like and subscribe and we will just randomly pick a subscriber each week and give away the blaster and uh joe if somebody doesn't win the blaster but they want to maybe order some tops update or some chrome or whatever from you uh how can they get in touch with you again at the shop yeah they can just go on our website gotbaseballcards.com we've got all our contact info they can email us at gotbaseballcards at gmail i actually answer those myself and so uh, lots of ways to reach us youtube uh, we're got baseball cards on youtube and we've actually been trying to put a you've been one of our featured guests on there and uh, trying to put a lot of good content for collectors there as well. Awesome stuff. All right, guys, see you again in seven days with a collector and the dealer.
Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win.